My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, The Story Podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 185, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Jeremiah 9 and 10 and Ezekiel 34 through 36. Jeremiah chapter 10. Oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears. I would weep day and night for the slain of my people. Oh, that I had in the desert a lodging place for travelers so that I might leave my people and go away from them. For they are all adulterers, a crowd of unfaithful people. They make ready their tongues like a bow to shoot lies. It is not by truth that they triumph in the land. They go from one sin to another. They do not acknowledge me, declares the Lord. Beware of your friends. Do not trust anyone in your clan. For every one of them is a deceiver and every friend a slanderer. Friend deceives friend, and no one speaks the truth. They have taught their tongues to lie. They weary themselves with sinning. You live in the midst of deception. In their deceit, they refuse to acknowledge me, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says. See, I will refine and test them. For what else can I do because of the sin of my people? Their tongue is a deadly arrow. It speaks deceitfully. With their mouths, they all speak cordially to their neighbors, but in their hearts, they set up traps for them. Should I not punish them for this, declares the Lord? Should I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? I will weep and wail for the mountains and take up a lament concerning the wilderness grasslands. They are desolate and untraveled, and the lowing of cattle is not heard. The birds have all fled, and the animals are gone. I will make Jerusalem a heap of ruins, a haunt of jackals, and I will lay waste the towns of Judah, so no one can live there. Who is wise enough to understand this? Who has been instructed by the Lord and can explain it? Why has the land been ruined and laid waste like a desert that no one can cross? The Lord said, It is because they have forsaken my law, which I set up before them. They have not obeyed me or followed my law. Instead, they have followed the stubbornness of their hearts. They have followed the Baals as their ancestors taught them. Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, See, I will make this people eat bitter food and drink poisoned water. I will scatter them among nations that neither they nor their ancestors have known, and I will pursue them with the sword until I have made an end of them. This is what the Lord Almighty says, Consider now. Call for the wailing women to come. Send for the most skillful of them. Let them come quickly and wail over us till our eyes overflow with tears and water streams from our eyelids. The sound of wailing is heard from Zion. How ruined we are. How great is our shame. We must leave our land because our houses are in ruins. Now, you women, hear the word of the Lord. Open your ears to the words of His mouth. Teach your daughters how to wail. Teach one another a lament. Death has climbed in through our windows and has entered our fortresses. It has removed the children from the streets and the young men from the public square. Say, this is what the Lord declares. Dead bodies will lie like dung on the open field, like cut grain behind the reaper, with no one to gather them. 
This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For these I delight, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will punish all who are circumcised only in the flesh, Egypt, Judah, Edom, Ammon, Moab, and all who live in the wilderness in distant places, for all these nations are really uncircumcised, and even the whole house of Israel is uncircumcised in heart. Hear what the Lord says to you, people of Israel. This is what the Lord says. Do not learn the ways of the nations or be terrified by signs in the heavens, though the nations are terrified by them. For the practices of the peoples are worthless. They cut a tree out of the forest, and a craftsman shapes it with his chisel. They adorn it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer nails, so it will not totter. Like a scarecrow in a cucumber field, their idols cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them. They do no harm, nor can they do any good. No one is like you, Lord. You are great, and your name is mighty in power." Who should not fear you, king of the nations? This is your due. Among all the wise leaders of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is no one like you. They are all senseless and foolish. They are taught by worthless wooden idols. Hammered silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from Abhaz. What the craftsmen and goldsmith have made is then dressed in blue and purple, all made by skilled workers. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God, the eternal King. When He is angry, the earth trembles. The nations cannot endure His wrath. Tell them this, these gods who did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. But God made the earth by His power. He founded the world by His wisdom and stretched out the heavens by His understanding. When he thunders, the waters in the heavens roar. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Everyone is senseless and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is shamed by his idols. The images he makes are a fraud. They have no breath in them. They are worthless, the objects of mockery. When their judgment comes, they will perish. He who is the portion of Jacob is not like these, for he is the maker of all things, including Israel, the people of his inheritance. The Lord Almighty is his name. Gather up your belongings to leave the land, you who live under siege, for this is what the Lord says. At this time, I will hurl out those who live in this land. I will bring distress on them so that they may be captured. Woe to me because of my injury. My wound is incurable, yet I said to myself, this is my sickness, I must endure it. My tent is destroyed, all its ropes are snapped, my children are gone from me and are no more. No one is left now to pitch my tent or to set up my shelter. The shepherders are senseless and do not inquire of the Lord, so they do not prosper and all their flock is scattered. Listen. The report is coming, a great commotion from the land of the north. It will make the towns of Judah desolate, a haunt of jackals. Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. Discipline me, Lord, but only in due measure, not in your anger, or you will reduce me to nothing. Pour out your wrath on the nations that do not acknowledge you, on the peoples who do not call on your name. For they have devoured Jacob, they have devoured him completely, and destroyed his homeland. Ezekiel 34 
the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd, and so has been plundered, and has become food for all the wild animals. And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than my flock, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into your own land." I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie, down in good grazing land, and there they will feed, in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. As for you, my flock, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will judge between one sheep and another, and between rams and goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. I will save my flock, and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend to them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken." I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of savage beasts so that they may live in the wilderness and sleep in the forest in safety. I will make them and the places surrounding my hill a blessing. I will send down showers and seas and there will be showers of blessing. The trees will yield their fruit and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure in their land. They will know that I am the Lord. When I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslave them, they will no longer be plundered by the nations, nor will wild animals devour them. 
They will live in safety and no one will make them afraid. I will provide for them a land renowned for its crops, and they will no longer be victims of famine in the land or bear the scorn of the nations. Then they will know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them and that they, the Israelites, are my people, declares the sovereign Lord. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I, your God, declares the sovereign Lord. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, set your face against Mount Seir, prophesy against it, and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against you, Mount Seir, and I will stretch out my hand against you and make you a desolate waste. I will turn your towns into ruins, and you will be desolate. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Because you harbored an ancient hostility and delivered the Israelites over the sword at the time of their calamity, the time their punishment reached its climax, Therefore, as surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I will give you over to bloodshed, and it will pursue you. Since you did not hate bloodshed, bloodshed will pursue you. I will make Mount Seir a desolate waste and cut off from it all who come and go. I will fill your mountains with the slain. Those killed by the sword will fall on your hills and in your valleys and in all your ravines. I will make you desolate forever. Your towns will not be inhabited. Then you will know that I am the Lord, because you have said these two nations and countries will be ours, and we will take possession of them, even though I, the Lord, was there. Therefore, as surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I will treat you in accordance with the anger and jealousy you showed in your hatred of them, and I will make myself known among them when I judge you. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have heard all the contemptible things you have said against the mountains of Israel." You said they have been laid waste and have been given over to us to devour. You boasted against me and spoke against me without restraint, and I heard it. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. While the whole earth rejoices, I will make you desolate, because you rejoiced when the inheritance of Israel became desolate. That is how I will treat you. You will be desolate, Mount Seir, you and all of Edom. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel and say, Mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. The enemy said of you, Aha, the ancient heights have become our possession. Therefore prophesy and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because they ravaged and crushed you from every side so that you became the possession of the rest of the nations and the object of people's malicious talk and slander. Therefore, mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Sovereign Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to the mountains and hills, to the ravines and valleys, to the desolate ruins and the deserted towns that have been plundered and ridiculed by the rest of the nations around you. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. In my burning zeal, I have spoken against the rest of the nations and against all Edom. For with glee and with malice in their hearts, they made my land their own possession so that they might plunder its pasture land. Therefore prophesy concerning the land of Israel and say to the mountains and hills, to the ravines and valleys, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I speak in my jealous wrath because you have suffered the scorn of the nations. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I swear with uplifted hand that the nations around you will also suffer scorn. But you, mountains of Israel, will produce branches and fruit for my people Israel, for they will soon come home. I am concerned for you and will look on you with favor. You will be plowed and sown, and I will cause many people to live on you. Yes, all of Israel. The towns will be inhabited and the ruins rebuilt. 
I will increase the number of people and animals living on you, and they will be fruitful and become numerous. I will settle people on you as in the past and will make you prosper more than before. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I will cause people, my people Israel, to live on you. They will possess you and you will be their inheritance. You will never again deprive them of their children. This is what the sovereign Lord says, because some say to you, you devour people and deprive your nations of its children. Therefore, you will no longer devour people or make your nation childless, declares the sovereign Lord. No longer will you hear the taunts of the nations and no longer will you suffer the scorn of the peoples or cause your nation to fall, declares the sovereign Lord. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man. When the people of Israel were living in their own land, they defiled it by their conduct and their actions. Their conduct was like a woman's monthly uncleanness in my sight. So I poured out my wrath on them because they had shed blood in the land and because they had defiled it with their idols. I dispersed them among the nations and they were scattered through the countries. I judged them according to their conduct and their actions. And wherever they went among the nations, they profaned my holy name. For it was said of them, these are the Lord's people. And yet they had to leave his land. I had concern for my holy name, which the people of Israel profaned among the nations where they had gone. Therefore, say to the Israelites, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and wicked deeds, and you will loathe yourselves for your sins and detestable practices. I want you to know that I am not doing this for your sake, declares the sovereign Lord. Be ashamed and disgraced for your conduct, people of Israel. This is what the sovereign Lord says. On the day I cleanse you from all your sins, I will resettle your towns and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass through it. They will say this land that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were lying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations around you that remain will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will do it. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Once again, I will yield to Israel's plea and do this for them. I will make their people as numerous as sheep, as numerous as the flocks for offering at Jerusalem during her appointed festivals. So will the ruined cities be filled with flocks of people. Then they will know that I am the Lord. 
In Jeremiah, the prophet has been speaking about the accusations and warnings, the idolatry, which changed their hearts and behaviors. They are now oppressive and unjust. And moreover, they are living a double life, bringing sacrifice to the temple and at the same time worshiping other gods outside, even engaging in child sacrifice to other gods outside of this temple. So perhaps, like the Game of Thrones, as Jeremiah declares, there is an enemy coming from the north. We know it is Babylon, and they will destroy, as God intended, this temple and this place and send his people into exile which I think may be inspired in some way, Tolkien, if you've read like Lord of the Rings, where this Middle Earth place requires a death of the things that led us into exile, a defense against the enemies that stand in the way, a savior, and a renewal, a rebirth individually and collectively. In summary, Ezekiel 34 to 36 is also talking about judgment, but moving beyond that to the removal, as I mentioned, of things that broke his world in the first place and stand in the way, new leadership, which we know is Jesus, and then new prosperity, restoration, and the renewal of his order. More specifically, in Ezekiel in chapter 34, Dr. Block describes this indictment Ezekiel brought to be the gross malpractice of the leaders, which are jeopardizing the flock. These leaders were tending to their own interests and wants instead of caring for the people, the sheep, given to them in their sphere of influence. Remember, leaders hold their office for the sake of the Lord. Leaders are vice regents in the story, charged with the higher calling of bearing His name. They serve Yahweh first. The charges seem to include crimes of commission and omission, as Dr. Block describes them. The commission charges are described as consuming the milk of the flock, so taking their profits, if you will, to consume themselves. And it's not that consuming milk is the problem, but here Dr. Block describes how the verbs and context characterize it as robbery and exploitation. Dr. Block points to the New Testament in John chapter 10, verses 19 to 21, where Jesus characterized the Jewish leaders he was speaking to as thieves and robbers and his own place as the good shepherd. The one Ezekiel is talking about here. The second crime is fleecing the flock which is forcing the removal of wool. It is written as if the sheep and the people are left naked. So taking what isn't theirs to take, taking by force and taking too much is what I'm hearing as a serious problem for a leader trying to bear God's name and care for his flock. Then Ezekiel describes butchering the fatling, which Dr. Block's Hebrew analysis interpretation reads like a judicial murder. So unjust murder under the veil or the guise of justice. So the accusation is also is an omission. So failing to strengthen the weak, heal the sick and care for the injured. There was no concern for the physical health, but instead ruled by harshness and brutality. We've heard this before. This is a problem. And Dr. Block goes on to describe this type of leader as being worse than being shepherdless. These shepherds have less to do with the political leaders, and verse 6 makes it clear it has more to do with Yahweh's people and the priests, elders, and prophets of the day. This part of the story seems to be about God's deliverance from internal threats. The answer, which Ezekiel seems to be excited to share, is a single shepherd. While here, that person is identified as David, and only twice outside of this book is it 
identified as David. But Dr. Block explains, It is a long-standing prophetic tradition. Remember, they don't know the name of Jesus or who he is exactly. But, Dr. Block explains, there wasn't an expectation that the historical king would be resurrected as their king, but more some kind of David resurrected. Ezekiel is saying singular shepherd and Ehad, one, that would embody the dynasty and occupy the throne. So it isn't a succession, but a resurrection, a restoration of the original royal kingdom. That's what we're getting from this way of describing it. And this is very much different from Israel's neighbors and other extra-Israelite expectations. It's distinguishing who God is and the story that's real, the real real. In the traditional view, and as we've read, David was willing to be a subordinate, a vice-regent in God's world, a servant leader, which Ezekiel seems to repeat as an important theme with the my servant or opti in Hebrew. This servant king, this prince, will be the officially promoted one. There's this echo back to Genesis 17, verse 7, where God will dwell in their midst. Here, when we read, he will be their God and they will be his people. We read about the three specific actions of Yahweh, which are repeated in restoration. Peace with animals, blessing of the vegetation, and deliverance from oppression. And then we read those three things repeated again. These are the messianic gifts of shalom. Dr. Block explains how dangerous animals and famine were shorthand for a larger list of feared calamities, and then he referenced Job 5, verse 23. This is an exciting chapter where God's grace is extended again. In chapter 35, we read about the mountains of the land of Israel and valleys, hills, and ravines in contrast to desolation and wasteland. Again, for me, this just continues the language and characterization from Genesis of God being light, land, order, providence, and the nothingness he came to fill and transform. And the dark waters and uninhabitable wilderness are representative of that nothingness. Dr. Block describes the focus on the cause of the land's desolation and the removal of the things that stand in the way of restoration. And the next chapter talks about the reversal, the renewal of order of creation of God's world. And my favorite part, and it seems to be we've heard this more than once in the book of the prophets, that God is going to be and make a name for himself. And remember, he wanted to make a name for us and have us bear his name in the world, being a kingdom of priests, fulfilling the role he blessed us with so that we could bless others. So this is not essentially a great thing if he's stepping in to bear his own name and make a name for himself when he had called us to do that. We read that he will rescue his people. He will restore them. So again, he's keeping both ends of our covenant because we failed. And in then Ezekiel 36 verse 25, God himself will sprinkle clean water on us and make us clean. I'm getting this foreshadowing of baptism. He will clean all our impurities and from all our idols. He will give us a new heart and a new spirit. So I'm hearing the promise of the Holy Spirit and also all the way back to Genesis when His Spirit was hovering over the waters. He will remove our hearts of stone and give us a soft heart of flesh. He will put His Spirit in us and this Advocate Counselor will move us to follow His decrees and be careful to keep His laws. So Shema. Then God will bless us. I read it in a similar way to Genesis 2. He's offering a restored relationship and a restored place referred to here as the land. He will save and restore, offering his 
blessing, recruiting us back to his created order where we will flourish and in and for the purpose he gave us in Genesis 1 and 2 to bless others and care for his creation, bearing his name, reflecting him and becoming a kingdom of priests. Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.